What do you want from Jesus? So it's still not too late to do that Twitter thing with me, okay? For you to use your account and to use the hashtag Westlake UMC. Jonathan, do we have some from this service? Yeah, okay, good. So it's, again, it's not too late. We'll get to those in just a moment. When I came to uh, the scripture this week, what I wanted from Jesus was just one coherent message. <laughs> because there's at least three different threads I could have pursued uh, to some depth in this passage. Uh, one of them was that healing of Simon's mother-in-law. Isn't this a great story? Jesus is in Capernaum, this little village uh, on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, and his first disciples take him to Simon's home, and Simon's mother-in-law is ill there. He takes her by the hand, he lifts her up, and the fever leaves her. And what does she do? She begins to, Sam, what you say? She makes them snacks, okay? That's a literal translation from the Greek, I believe, in the New Testament. But So, I've, I've read all the commentaries, and some of the commentaries said, yeah, you can tell this was written by a bunch of males uh, in this story, because this woman is healed, and she goes immediately from the sick bed to the stove. Huh? Smile, people. Isn't this a great story? It just, you know, no recovery period, no time off at all. You immediately have to go and start doing uh, the work all over again. But you read the commentaries, and you peel back the layers, and there's more to this healing than that. What we don't get in context is that she was the head woman of that house, the most senior one, the most honored one, and that her sickness was keeping her from taking that place that was due her because it was her place to treat the guests to a meal, to serve them. So Jesus didn't heal her just physically. He healed her relationally. He restored her to her proper place in the family. Isn't that a better ending to the story, don't you think? Isn't that, huh? Can, would, do you buy that? <laughs> that? No? Oh, come on. It's, I mean, doesn't Jesus care more, uh, more than just about our bodies? That Jesus, as great physician, wants to heal us in our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our memories, and our, our relationships. So anyhow, that's, that's a good thread to pursue. A second one was that so many people hear about this healing that they're bringing all kinds of people that are sick or possessed to that house to be healed. Can you imagine this on your block that there are cars parked in people's, not just driveways, but up in the yards and there's just a traffic jam and people are, are walking all across the lawns and through flower beds and everything trying to get into the house to see Jesus so that persons can be healed. It, don't we have that in our own lives that we bring people to Jesus and want him to heal them? Look at the blue prayer sheet that, that you referenced, Jody. Look at that. How many categories of healing do we have there? I mean, we, yes, we have some joys. There's some celebrations. But it's, pre, it's dominated by Jesus. Heal these people in and, and all these different ways. I think that's okay. I think Jesus accepts that and, and receives those people uh, kindly into, into his heart. And yet Jesus knows his boundaries, his limits, uh, where we sometimes don't. I, and I, I'm, I'm a pastor, and I live in a world of infinite need, and I just know my, my uh, quote is, I never met a need I didn't like. You know, it's, it's just 
Smile. This is really good stuff. So, I mean, that, that, you know, try to help everybody fix everything, make problems go away. And it's very hard to draw the line and to take care of myself. And so here's the third thread. What does Jesus do? Very early in the morning, he gets up and he goes to a lonely place to pray. The lonely place, he's not alone, is he? He's alone with his father. He is in the presence of the one who nurtures him and feeds him and, and guides him. And, and so we need to do this too, I think. We need to know where our boundaries are, that we can't possibly solve all of the problems of the world. And we need to spend as much time as we can in the presence of the Father. So here I tell a little story um, about a guy named Charles Towns. He died just a, a couple of weeks ago, and we could see that slide. He invented the predecessor to the laser. He invented the maser, and it was the year 1951. He was working for the Navy Committee. They were trying to find a better way to do communications, and so he was beating his head against the wall. Uh, nothing was coming to him. You might get a little flavor for him. He grew up on a farm outside of uh, Greenville, South Carolina. He grew up milking cows. and uh, uh, he, he was interested in insects. He had a big bug collection and things. Uh, he studied voice at Juilliard. Uh, he was fluent in many languages. But he, physics was really his thing. And in 1951... He was trying to work with the Navy on this uh, new form of communication. Nothing was coming to him. He pulled back. He went and sat on a park bench in Washington, D.C., and later he wrote, it came to him like a revelation from God because he was a Christian. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. He had some scraps of paper there, and he started writing out formulas and his ideas, and he went back to his hotel room, and he developed it further. He didn't tell the Navy about it until <laughs> years later. I'm not making this part up, okay? And he came up with the MASER, which stands for Microwave Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. Yeah. <laughs> it's there in my notes. So... <laughs> It was later modified to become the laser, and lasers are pretty important. Can I get an amen, huh? I mean, and the medical uh, devices that can do all kinds of wonderful surgeries, and uh, when you watch those movies on DVD, that's read by a laser, <laughs> okay? When your groceries are scanned there, that's done by a laser. So pretty important stuff. He won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1964. He won the Templeton Prize in religion and science in the year 2005. He was able to hold together in a very integrated and full of integrity kind of way his Christian faith and science. Good story, Charles Towns. Read, read more about him, okay? Um, what I was trying to get at, he was like Jesus in that he knew he couldn't solve everything by himself. He went away to a lonely place to be with his father. And he said, just like a revelation from God, it came to him. Pow! Mazer came. Three, three good, pretty good themes, huh? Yeah. How to bring all these together. Well, the disciples, they hunt Jesus down. That's literally in the Greek. <laughs> they, they hunt him down because uh, they say... 
Everybody is searching for you. We all want something from Jesus, right? We all can come up with our list of what we want from Jesus. I want you to pause right now. What's on your list? There's a place in the back of the bulletin that says sermon notes. You can write if you want to. That's, That's a good thing to do. You might just do this quietly. Still not too late to tweet me with the hashtag WestlakeUMC. What do you want from Jesus? I'm going to pause here. Just hush. Let's see some of those tweets. Let's see what, um, what you want from Jesus. Choir, and I'm sorry, the print is so small. I have to read it up here. It's, there's a screen on the back wall if you guys don't know, and I just can't read that print. But Banjo, Jesus, please grant. Let's do that one right there. Please grant peace, guidance in our lives. Help us convert our struggles, burdens into blessing. Pam, thank you. Thank you. What's the top one there? Okay, uh, Morris, okay, I want Jesus to give me patience and understanding. I, I think a lot of us can resonate with that. Uh, from Eans, uh, Pam, oh, this is Pam Cho, uh, Jesus, please grant, uh, that's the one we just read, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, Brandon, I want Jesus to open people's minds. Good. Robert Powell, may Jesus help us all make this world as it is in heaven, modeling the Lord's Prayer, Robert. Yeah. Here's another one. Oh, Sonia, there. I want Jesus to bring guidance. Did I do it right? Did it work? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> That's good. How, um, thank you. How about some of those from the former time? Yeah. Oh, boy, that hurts my head when it goes so fast. Is it you? Okay. Uh, Kids are cute this morning during children's time. Did Jesus have band-aids? No, he had love. Okay, that's good. What do I want to, so, to come so close to God and have God come so close to me that I know just what to say and do? Wow, powerful. I want spiritual peace from Jesus. Peace, peace, guidance. Yeah. What does Jesus want from me? More forgiveness. Yeah. Okay. It's a peaceful and joyful Sunday for worship. First time I've ever tried it, it's gone pretty well, I think, huh? Yeah, yeah? You don't have to clap, but it's okay. I I was, after the early service, I was at the tent visiting with people, and um, there was one guy came to me, and he goes, I said, did you like that? Um, Using Twitter, he goes, I loved it. (laughs) Do it more often. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) I had to own it for myself. When you do this, when you ask that kind of question, what do you want from Jesus, it's a lot like confession, isn't it? It's a lot like telling the truth before God. It reveals a lot about ourselves. That's what confession is, I think. It's telling the truth before God. So I sat down at my desk this past week, and here are some of the things that came to me. I want to live free of fear of cancer returning. 
I want our sons to reclaim the faith they grew up in. I want to continue to enjoy getting older with Kathy. (laughs) I want our world to stop trying to solve problems with weapons and use words instead. I want to see no more little children wearing bombs strapped to them. I want this community to be freed from compulsion of trying to get more stuff, of filling up on more activities. I want us to move beyond gridlock in politics where everything is so polarized. I want us to stop demonizing other people by their race or sexual orientation in order to avoid dealing with our own fears. I want a cure for the common cold. (laughs) I want a cure for HIV, for Ebola, for malaria. I want Leslie Walters to be healed. I want Jerry Goodrich to be healed. I want this church to thrive, to be unafraid to try new things, to be unafraid to fail, to be unafraid to witness to our world. That's what I want. As I reflected on this, did you see what happened when we go to Jesus saying, Jesus, this is what I want from you. You know what he does? He starts to refine our prayers. (laughs) He gets them to be less about ourselves and more about others. He gets them to be less about just uh, selfish, petty things and and being more worldwide and and big-hearted. That's a pretty good thing. I think Jesus hears our prayer better than we prayed them (laughs) and, and starts to help us to pray better what we want from Jesus. I think it's perfectly okay to bring Jesus everything we want. He doesn't reject that. Here in this story, the disciples say, everybody's looking for you, Jesus. And what is Jesus' response? He said, let's go to these other towns, nearby villages, because I'm supposed to preach the gospel there too. That's why I came. Jesus always has more for us than just what we want from Jesus. He could have said, yeah, let's go back to Capernaum where I know I'm a hit. Uh, Everything's safe there. It's predictable. It's going to be wonderful. We can just keep doing what we've always been doing. But no, he says, "Uh, the Father's asking me to do this more important thing. And so here we flip the question. In working with the worship team this past week, they said, ask the question, What does Jesus want from you? (laughs) You know that back of the bulletin that you may have been writing on? You might write there. You might just go quiet for a moment. What does Jesus want from you? And you as an individual and you as community here. What does Jesus want 
from you. We'll pause for a moment. So here's what was coming to me this past week as I made some notes, flipped this around. That Jesus is saying, I don't want to be just a miracle worker or healer at one level. I came to preach good news. <laughs> what does Jesus want from us? First thing I wrote was, Jesus wants us to bring more shalom into the world, more healing, and again, not just physical healing, but justice for our neighbors, for right relationships with others, to keep growing in our faith, to keep reaching out to people maybe who are different from us or more vulnerable than us. Kind of ties back with what Jesus did with uh, that mother-in-law, right? <laughs> that healing's not just physical. Second thing that came to me was Jesus wants from us to slow down, to, to clear out, to take time to, to pray. It kind of gets to what Jesus was doing there when he went into that lonely place to pray, right? Some other things that came to me were to love one another as I've loved you, <laughs> as Jesus has loved us to listen to one another, to try to understand one another, to not rush to judgment, to, to forgive one another, to work together, to especially take care of those who are most vulnerable around us, to become true community. Another thing came to me is to operate out of hope and not out of fear. Fear just puts a stranglehold on us, just shuts us down. Hope says, resurrection is real. <laughs> Jesus is alive. Anything might happen. Yesterday, I got to uh, go to Bastrop State Park and plant pine seedlings, lob lolly pine seedlings. It was holy time. Uh, we got to plant about 100 of them, and we were one of 20 teams. Uh, there were 2,000 loblolly pines that we probably planted yesterday. I'm getting to this. Take care of the earth, Jesus says. Pretend this is your only home. Live as if this is your only home, because it is and will be. <laughs> Think about thousands of years from now and not just today. And here's the last thing that came to me. Uh, we got to plant these loblolly pines yesterday with one of my lifelong friends. We've known each other since college days. David is his name. And David is now just recently retired. Very faithful Christian, but he said, I've run out of things to do on my wife's honey-do list. Yeah, bless you. There's a guy at the early service that said, come to my house, I have something. So... <laughs> Uh, 
He says, um, I have depression with a little d. I don't know what to do with myself. He said, I'm being driven to the foot of the cross. I've defined myself so long by what I did, by my work. And now I realize what I really need is Jesus. This is what ties this whole message together. We need a savior. <laughs> That's why we go to the door, tramp over the lawn, knock on the door, search for him in the wilderness. You don't have to be so competent. You don't have to save everybody. You can't. You won't be able to. And maybe your whole reason for coming here today is to uh, not just ask, what do you want from Jesus, but to ask, what do I need from Jesus? I need you as Savior. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.